You're listening to the Rise Up Women podcast, episode number 12. Welcome to the Rise Up Women podcast, where courageous women share their stories and journeys of healing from domestic abuse, betrayal, and other trauma and struggles of life, as well as interviews with experts sharing tips and strategies to create a life that we all dream of. I'm your host, Miki Sturgis. Ladies, let's rise up together. Hey there, this is Mickey Sturges. I have a special guest for you today, Valerie Close. She is a witty, married mother of three who has a huge, huge heart. She lives in South Carolina with her husband and her teenage son. She works as a medical biller and writes for her blog, Anchored in a Trove. Her mission in life is to encourage and show the people around her that there's hope even when the world looks dim. She loves the Lord and can't help but to share the love of God to the people she meets. She plans to write a book about her experiences in life. So that other women like her can avoid going through some of the same things and to be able to see how real God is and how much grace He has to offer. As a domestic violence survivor, she now has a passion to educate and raise awareness. She loves music and can probably find an appropriate song to go with any issue or occasion. She's a deep thinker and analyzer and loves to learn what makes people tick. She puts her heart into every creative piece of art she makes and loves to give her pieces away as gifts. As you will hear in the interview in just a moment, she has gone through tough situations starting at age 18, three different domestic violence situations. At age 18, she found herself pregnant, and her boyfriend at the time just freaked out and didn't know what to do. So he left.、Uh, he wasn't abusive, but he was just too young to deal with the baby. While she was pregnant going through this, she met a guy at her church who she thought was handsome and charming. He appeared to be nice, you know, he was a churchgoer. While she was dating, he forced himself on her and she ended up pregnant.、Um, but you know, she was afraid to be alone and financially she was dependent, and also emotionally, she, you know, she was going to have a baby and she just wanted to have somebody. But she quickly realized he was lying and controlling and abusive, but she just Was too afraid. Sad thing about this,、um, you hear, is that she felt unsupported and rather be judged by people at the church. That is very, very sad that I know it happens quite often and not unusual, you know.、Um, we all judge people one way or, or another, but But we are all in the same boat. We are we're all sinners and we are to have compassion and show kindness to others, you know? So it really makes me sad to hear people at the church pass such judgments against women, you know, who's going through something like that.
Matthew 7 says, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. And we should all keep in mind with the same measurement that we will be judged also. Anyway, she has gone through two other abusive relationships before she met her current husband. She wanted to share about all three relationships and dynamics of you know, this, these three because she said they were quite different each time. Abuse comes in all kinds of ways, you know, physical, emotional, verbal. It's all about power and control. When they, the abuser, feel that he can't control somebody or he can't put power over them, then they will get mad. They use physical force or total verbal. Abuse and emotionally withholding and things like that. So,、um, anyway, so she wanted to talk about that. And she's super pa- passionate about raising awareness and spread the light of hope to everyone.、Um, you know, God has restored her life since and continues to heal from these traumatic experiences. Anyway, I won't go too much here into this. Um, our, our episode today, but please continue to listen to her story until the end. She's very courageous and, and brave to share her stories and very inspiring. I so appreciate Valerie for sharing her experiences and journey of healing with us. So, without further ado, here's my interview with Valerie Close. Hi, everybody. Today I have Valerie Close. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me and、Thank、taking you. your time. So tell us who you are and everything about you. Okay. Well, I am a book in and of myself. <laughs>、um, I never know、uh, what to tell anybody when they ask me where I'm from because I've moved around my whole life. So. Um, currently, I do、um, reside in South Carolina and、um, I've been here for about four years. and I live with my husband and my teenage son. and、um, I work full time from home. I do medical billing and I also write a blog. and、um, I have a little store that I've just started、um, that is attached to my blog as well. Oh, wow. I didn't know that you were a blogger. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Well, you know, the, the Rise Up Woman podcast is all about empowering, you know, empowering women and、um, helping those women who have gone through some domestic violence issues or betrayals or divorce, things like that. And when I reached out to some women, you say, Yes, I will share my story. So, would you like to go ahead and start sharing your story? Sure. So, it's taken me Many years, I think, to have the confidence, I guess, and the courage to really, I guess, share those hard,、mm-hmm. those hard things.、Um, as with anybody that's gone through something like that, you know, it's, it's, it's very、um, deep and,、mm-hmm. and, and it's hard to sometimes formulate what you went through in words. So、mm-hmm. um, when I saw that, You were raising awareness for this. It 
I just knew God just laid it on my heart that I need to share my story. I need to, you know, I didn't, I went through all of it to be able to help other people. And so basically it's, it's a long story. So I'll try to shorten it up. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Um, so I have gone through several domestic violence experiences. Um, I don't want to say that I didn't learn my lesson, but I will say that they were three very different types of domestic abuse that I did go through. My first experience with it, I met my ex at church and I thought, okay, um, he's a great guy. He goes to church. I knew his mother. Um, I thought this is a great place to meet somebody. I was already pregnant with my oldest. Um, that's uh, yeah, another story. <laughs> and so anyhow, I met him, but we didn't, you know, it didn't go anywhere cause I was pregnant. I wasn't, you know, trying to um, have a relationship, but when he came back from the military less than a year later, we, did start talking and he was very um convincing very yes. charming very yes. charming yes <laughs> very yes. handsome and mm -hmm. i thought wow this is the guy like he's gonna step in and you know help me raise my child and mm -hmm. i don't have to do it alone i was kind of a lonely person um, i didn't have a whole lot of support when i got pregnant so i was mm -hmm. kind of on my own and um Basically, to sum the story up with him, um, he started um, lying and stealing right from the beginning and slowly moving into my place. I um, kind of had red flags, and so I ended it with him. Um, well, I should back up the story. I apologize. Um, he, I didn't want to have sex before marriage again. I didn't want to do the same thing over. So I did tell him, you know, I want to wait. Let's just kind of form a relationship and wait. Mm -hmm. And he forced himself on me. And um, I didn't consider it rape because I felt like I didn't fight, you know, hard enough. I said no, but I didn't fight hard enough. So um, I just, I don't know. After that happened, I guess I didn't know what to think because I was in shock, I guess, that mm -hmm. this would happen. So, um, once I realized he was, um, lying and stealing, um, I broke up with him, but then I found out I was pregnant oh, with so, his child. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it was exactly what I didn't want to happen. Um, I wasn't treated the best from people at church. Um, nobody was really supportive of mm -hmm. me. They were very, um, I guess, treating me like a child like you know better shame on you type of a thing mm, and it's too sad his mother wasn't very um supportive she didn't want to be called grandma or anything like that so she really wasn't involved at all and um so I felt very judged and uh I um basically I wanted him to stay to help me mm -hmm. because I'm here I am like you know, another one. So two children, I was absolutely terrified. Yeah. So the first one, go, going back to, I don't know if, he, if you don't want to share, that's okay. You don't have to. But the first one was, um, was he in the picture at all? Was he abusive? 
No, um, my oldest son's father was, he was, we were young. We were, I was 19 when I had my son. Mm. So I got pregnant when I was 18 and he was 17. Um, he wasn't a bad guy. We just were very reckless and, um, he was, he was a good guy. He just wasn't in the picture for a while because he really freaked out and didn't know how to deal with it. And, um, so he wasn't around until my son was probably about two or three. Oh, I see. So you already had a little baby when you met the second person and did you get married with? No. Um, well, we had decided that we weren't going to, like, I knew I didn't love him. I wasn't in love with him. Mm. I knew I didn't want to be with him. And I told him I didn't want a relationship because, um, I knew I didn't love him, but I didn't, I just needed him to help me mm-hmm. because I was pregnant with his child and he was excited to be a dad. Yeah. So he moved in with me and we decided somehow, I honestly don't know how <laughs> we decided to start a relationship against my better judgment. Mm. Yeah. And so that turned into uh, violence now? Yeah. So I would say that, the, you know, he did a lot of sketchy things. Like I always didn't really know where he was at or um, he would, I caught him in lies. You know, um, I suspected he was doing drugs. He seemed mm-hmm. to kind of go downhill pretty quickly. Um, it wasn't until I was in probably my eighth or about my eighth or ninth month of pregnancy with my daughter that he showed his first um, sign of violence. Mm. Uh, And it was really odd. Um, It took me by surprise. Um, He wanted to gamble my child support money. And I, when I objected, he um, flew off the handle and went into my apartment. Um, I think I want to say we were at a Christmas party or something with family and we just arrived home and, he basically pushed me down and threw everything in my room, like destroyed my whole room. Um, he choked me and just pushed me around and then immediately got on the phone and called a family member and lied. Like I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. I mean, completely like pathologically lied about everything that had just happened. And, and I was like, I couldn't even, defend myself because they believed every he was so good at lying they believed everything he said so yeah and then it just um from there it you know it got more um physical every time I would object to something or question him on something um he would you know push me around and and choke me and I would say we were together off and on for about um three about three years or so Wow. So all these three years, um, he was basically verbally and physically abusive. Yes. Um, he got to the point where he would break my things and slice my tires so I couldn't go to work. Um, I never knew where he, his money went. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm taking care of two children, you know, basically doing it by myself because he didn't help me do anything. And again, you know, I didn't know where he was after work. Um, out drinking with people from work and I don't even know what what all he was doing but he wasn't there for us and mm-hmm. I um I ended up getting pregnant again so um the final straw with him was when I was about five months pregnant he um we got into an altercation 
that because he wasn't helping me out. And I was very frustrated, you know, I'm hormonal and I have two other children, um, which my oldest, um, I did suspect he was also abusing my oldest son when I wasn't around. Mm. So the final straw was I objected to him not helping me out one morning and just being lazy. And he just jumped up and threw something at me and then started ripping all my pictures off the walls. And my kids are crying and he chased me around and started punching me in the head and choking me and, um, hit me in the side of my belly with, with a wire hanger. And mm-hmm. when the police came, because, um, somebody called the police, he tried to lie and they were going to arrest me as well for defending my, like I was defending myself. Um, but thank God there was a female officer there that, you know, recognized the situation and said, I really think that her injuries are in self-defense. And so he went to jail, um, for a night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, they, I tried to break up with him several times that the police would never help me. They said, because I allowed him to live there. I didn't have a leg to stand on. And Um, you know, I did get a restraining order, but then something that I'm sure a lot of other women go through this, I did not follow through with making that restraining order permanent. And I wanted to talk to him and I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I believed all of his, you know, I'm going to counseling, I'm getting help. I'm so sorry. I'm, I don't mean to be that way. It's my past. Um, you know, so, um, I, I finally, stop believing his lies and I stood up to him and um found a bunch of other things out um he didn't he didn't consider my youngest son to be his and and he's never to this day ever had anything to do with him which is probably a good thing (laughs) so is is this a um so this is a second husband right so the husband you have right now is well not husband but um, he was the father of your two youngest, right? Right. So, ones. so this, so this man is the father of my middle child and my youngest. Um, and then after I ended things with him and I didn't see him and, and he was out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, he did try to come around a few times to see my daughter, um, but it was so sporadic and I, told him he needed to have um, supervised visitation if he wanted to see her, Mm -hmm. um, which he wasn't willing to do. And so that ended that. But I did meet another man at my children's daycare. That domestic violence situation with that man was even worse. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole nother. (laughs) I never had any more children after my third. Um, Mm -hmm. My final, I didn't, you know, I wasn't in a position to have any more children. So, um, you know, I did have my tubes tied and everything. So the second situation, uh, I met him at the daycare and he lied, said he was the, um, the daycare director's son. And then I later found out that wasn't true. Um, he was actually a felon and shouldn't have ever been there. Um, but at the time I was going through, um, my, my youngest was now one. And I had made a decision for my oldest to go live with his dad. So he was five at the time. And I made a decision for my aunt and uncle to adopt my daughter because I was working 45 hours a week 
with three children by myself, I didn't have any real um, family support at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't, I was just doing it by myself. And so, you know, I made this really difficult decision with a lot of prayer and it was very hard. I was in a very depressed state of mind. Mm -hmm. So when I met this other man, I was lonely and I tended to gravitate towards bad boys, I guess. Mm -hmm. I understand. <laughs> I understand. So, um, come to find out he was a felon. He was on drug or he had, well, I don't know if he was on drugs or not, but I know he had sold drugs and, um, but immediately from the very beginning, he started to become very clingy to me, um, playfully, very clingy, um, always touching me, never let me out of his sight, told me some really scary stories about, um, people that he had been involved in and that he had people always around watching. And I was actually from the very beginning, terrified of this man and terrified to what should I, how do I get rid of him at this mm. point? And I froze. I completely froze. I even reached out for help and a girl confronted him and I, I just couldn't stand up to him and I didn't know what to do. So I stayed with him and I went through two years of the most traumatic, like I, I, I guess I should say there is sometimes still a little bit of a lasting effect from the mental things that he put me through. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it was really hard to get rid of that man. <laughs> he was, he was always around and he always had ways of, of taught. And I knew if he ever, if I allowed him to talk to me on the phone, I would always end up feeling sorry for him and going back to him or you know, letting them back in my life. You know, you keep touching that um, very common thing that the abusers, they're charming. Yeah. They lie and they don't even show any remorse. You know, they're actually believing these lies and they make you somehow feel so sorry for them. Mm -hmm. you know, those things are so common. You know, they yeah. know how to play the game basically. Yeah. And these men seemed, the thing that I noticed in that was really common with, with all of these men, um, at least for my situations, um, I know there's different types of abusers out there, but for these men, they had really, um, dysfunctional lives. Their parents, mm -hmm. their, their families was broken in some way and, and really sad actually. Yeah. You're so right. Uh, um, you know, I, you know, I don't usually go into the details of my ex-husband, but he had abusive uh, family as well. So I could just tell. And when I was listening to his story, sometimes I, it made me, you know, cry because it was yeah. so bad. So I understand, but that doesn't give them a license to abuse somebody else like you know you um so it was both physically and emotionally abusive yeah and verbally. The, first, the first time that he got physical like he would leave bruises on me but it was always playful it was always from him grabbing onto me really tight but in but saying but it was like he was playing mm -hmm. and i always had bruises on my arms um and but the first time he got angry violent with me um I went out with some friends and I didn't get home until probably one in the morning which he had already knew that was going to be the case um and I got home and he was very quiet 
And um, it was just the craziest thing. I'd never experienced this in my life, but he went from calm to ferocious in like less than a second and just punched me right in the head and then apologized. (laughs) And I'm like in shock. And then from that on, from that point on, because I didn't, I guess, you know, end it right there, he thought that that gave him a license to do it more in the future. Mm -hmm. Escalated. Yeah. He got very, very, I mean, he got very violent with me, but he, but it was very, most of what I went through with him because the violent part, the physical stuff, um, honestly wasn't as heartbreaking to me as the emotional and the mental stuff. You know, I couldn't go anywhere alone. If I curled my hair, put my makeup on, I was questioned why I was, you know, trying to look so good. Um, Mm. so I, you know, guess I, I, okay, I can't do my hair, can't do my makeup, or he's going to think that I'm attracted to somebody else. And I couldn't even go for a walk because he would accuse me of trying to see somebody else. And, you know, it, it took me until probably more recently that I couldn't look other men in the eye because I felt like somebody's going to think that I think something mm-hmm. if I look them in the eye. Wow. And that's the mental stuff that, that stood, you know, that stuck mm-hmm. with me from all of that and (laughs) so that was how long ago was that um well my son my youngest um was two by the time I left him so um well I should say more closer to three so it was you know we were kind of off and on for about two years every time I would think I was rid of him and he would come back and yeah so I think when he went to jail that was a relief for me because you know, he was in jail and I, and it usually was because he, you know, um, broke his probation or something like that and doing something stupid. So they arrested him. So it wasn't something that you called the police or anything like that. He, no, I never called the police on him because I was absolutely terrified that my child would be taken away from me. Mm -hmm. I always thought, okay, I am in this situation. I don't know how to get out of it. And they're going to accuse me of not protecting my child and they're going to take him away from me. Yeah. And he also used my child as leverage. So, you know, if I um, told him I was going to leave him or report him, he would take my son and wouldn't let me have him. Um, and it was wow. even his son. <laughs> and I was just terrified. I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know who he knew and if he would put, you know, put a hit out on me or something. I just, I really didn't know what he was capable of. I think when he went to jail, we, we broke up and uh, I really didn't speak to him for a while. And I met another man on MySpace and uh, we started talking mm-hmm. and the difference with this guy between the other two. And I guess the reason why I tell you about all three of these is because I know there's so many different types of abusers out there. Yeah. And I feel like each one of my experiences with it was slightly different and it's just um it it was really hard for me not to blame myself because here I am you know like you haven't learned yet you're with another man like why do you keep attracting sociopaths you know Mm. um so I met this third man um who was a, a father of two girls um divorced and um he was eerily eerily calm very um almost like a lifetime movie. I mean, he was very, seemed very normal. 
mm. but very calm, but there was something very weird about him. And I don't know why I continue to pursue that, I guess, curiosity. Um, but he had his own place, mm-hmm. which the other two guys didn't. So I was trying to be with somebody that was different. And I thought, okay, well, he has his own place. Um, he's set up. He has two daughters. He babysits his daughters during the week. He worked at, he worked nights. Um, so he had his girls during the day. Immediately, he was very protective of me which I thought was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Here I am, you know, okay, there's a man that wants to treat me good and treated me like a princess. Always, he cooked for me. So I moved in with him after two months. I, I, you know, I was a single mom. I was trying to make ends meet and I thought maybe this will be a better situation financially for me. So I moved in with him and um, started to show signs of treating my son different from his daughter's. And to the point where he was almost um, really mean to him. Mm-hmm. And my son was probably three and a half at the time. I didn't really put two and two together. I mean, he didn't do it. He wasn't violent towards my son in front of me. But I let him babysit him during the day while I was at work. So I didn't have daycare costs. Yeah. Which, you know, I blamed myself for this because I should have known better, right? <laughs> And he beat my son, beat him horribly. Oh. And so it wasn't abuse against me, but it was against my son. Mm-hmm. And he, the whole time that I was with him, he was very, he was like almost grooming me. It was just, I mean, you know, um, you need to, you need to relax and here, um, you know, I wasn't a drug user, but offered me things to help me to relax. And so I would, think that was a good thing and meanwhile he's being horrible nightmare to my son Um, so needless to say his own sister called the police on him and they did come and um his excuses for bruises on my son always made sense to me you know he had good stories and I believed him because I thought okay well he has two little girls like you know what did he say just things like he fell or he fell in the bathtub or, you know, um, the kids got into a little disagreement or something like that. And he ended up with a bruise or a bloody lip or something like that. Um, and I thought, okay, well that's logical, you know, that maybe, but I had a lot of anxiety because I, I kind of thought maybe, maybe, but maybe it, that's not, really what happened yeah you, you wanted know? to you wanted to deny right you probably was in yeah. denial yeah I didn't want to accuse him if I didn't know mm. for sure right so, you know I guess in my gut I'm thinking maybe something's not adding up but you know I know he treats my son differently but it wasn't anything that was obvious to me that he would just you know mm. almost kill my child you know? well you never seen it yourself right. in your eyes yeah okay so, yeah. So my son was taken from me by CPS. Oh. And so that was the ultimate thing that I always feared that would happen. And that's what happened. And, you know, obviously I've never spoke to him since. Um, I've never seen him or spoke to him. I don't know, whatever. He went to prison um, for that. And it took a lot. That was probably the pivotal, the pivotal mm-hmm. rock bottom. Like you got to figure this out. Like, why is this keep happening type mm-hmm. thing? 
When was that? When did that breakthrough happen? Um, my son was three and a half when he went to foster care and, um, I got him back eventually, which is a complete God thing. Like God was, you know, God had warned me when I got with the third man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to describe this to people yeah. other than he just, my spirit knew God said, if you go forward with this man, you're making a bad choice. Listen to me and go the other way and, you, mm-hmm. and you'll avoid something. I didn't know what. So I didn't listen. I said, God, you're going to go on a shelf and I'm going to ignore you. And I'm just going to go forward and do what I want to do. And another reason why I blamed myself so much because I didn't listen to the Lord, you know? Yeah. Um, It it happens. We're we're only human. Yeah. We we always do that. I did that so many times. God, I know what I'm doing. Just, just Mm -hmm. tell. (laughs) No, you know, I've heard that so many times times his voice and his love and yet I said I know better yeah you know and yeah so don't blame yourself you know it's yeah Yeah. well you know the amazing thing though that I can say that came out of that that was the final straw that Mm -hmm. was my rock bottom like I've Mm -hmm. never been lower than that in my life (laughs) to have your child taken from you by the state and and to be interrogated and to be told you're a horrible mother because you didn't protect your child. And I mean, that was like the worst, my worst nightmare coming true, you know? Um, and it was like the most traumatic experience I've ever been through in my life. Uh, but God did so much in me through that. And, you know, he protected my son, my son, he didn't die. He's, he kept, he saved my son's life. Mm-hmm. Um, protected my son from permanent, uh, permanent emotional damage. You know, I, I'd like to say I met my husband way after, but I did meet my husband while my son was in foster care. Um, but God just spoke to me and said, you know, now is the time, like, here's your husband. Like he handed me my husband and I thought, this is crazy. I wasn't, I didn't want to date anybody at this point. I was over it, you know? Yeah. Don't want to date anybody. Don't want to go through this again. I don't trust anybody. Um, I got to figure it out on my own. I, I took every class they told me to take. I was going to just comply and do everything they told me to do because I just wanted my son back. It wasn't right. about fighting anybody or, right. you know. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, God just, he, he came to my rescue big time and yeah. he said, just stay close to me now. You know, don't. Yeah. I want to protect you. And that's um, so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So how old, old, old is your son now? Uh, my son is 16. Okay. So that's a, um, that was a long time ago then. That's like 13 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. My, okay. my husband's raised him since he was four. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better father in my son's life. Like mm-hmm. he stepped in and just, you know, he's, I have an amazing husband, so I couldn't be more grateful to the Lord for (laughs) restoring everything that was, was taken from me. Basically, Yeah. You have gone through a lot with those three people and you've learned a lot. What was that? Like the biggest lesson that you think that came out of that? I would honestly, I can honestly say, because I did a lot of searching, um, while my son was in foster care, because I really truly wanted to know why does this keep happening is there something i'm doing or causing or something i'm not getting here you know how do you avoid mm-hmm. this from happening because you know we 
it's not our fault when men treat us that way, regardless of their background or our background Mm -hmm. or the choices we've made. Um, it's not our fault. So I did have to, um, learn that, you know, to respect myself, to be okay with myself and be confident with who I am and who God made me be to be, Mm -hmm. um, you know, God, I had to really look at my own qualities and it's hard because, um, you know, I'm, I love people. I always try to see the good in people. And, um, so it's hard for me to look at myself and I get, it was always hard because I did deal with a lot of rejection and abandonment growing up. And so it was hard for me to, to say, you know what, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to set boundaries, like it is okay to say no to somebody and to stick to your guns about that. And, and it's okay to be by yourself. Even if you're struggling, it's okay. Yeah. If you're, you won't, God will take care of you. So I did my faith went through the roof. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that is the difference between those who don't really have faith. Um, it's obvious that you do have strong faith and mine too. When I went through that, I was so embarrassed. I was ashamed, you know, that was going through and I didn't go back to church until one day the pastor, I used to go to this church and the pastor was so nice. And he was, I had a great relationship with this pastor. You know, he would counsel us and my ex and I, and when I, I had to get out, I contacted him and say, this is happening. And he's the one who gave me resources. In out of blue on the Easter, like Friday, he called me and said, Hey, how are you doing? And I thought it was God, you know, spoke to him to contact me. And I said, you know, pastor, I don't think I can, I can go back to the church because everybody knows my ex and me. I'm now divorced. I'm embarrassed. And, you know, and he said, no, there's no judgment. You know, if you feel up to it, why don't you come back? And that was an Easter resurrection Sunday. And I went back to church and I felt like this was, you know, God was telling me it's okay. Just move on. Let's move on from here. Yeah. I never looked back and the faith. Yeah. Like you said, faith yeah. you know, grew from there. So yeah. You know, now you hang on to that faith and mm-hmm. you have hope and he's done so much for you and me, you know, yeah. you can share and spread the, the, yeah. the good news. Yeah. The one thing I, I would say, you know, I too, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed that mm-hmm. because I was judged by, by people and mm-hmm. people always, you know, why, why do you allow it to happen? Why they don't understand it's, when you're in that mindset, it's, it's not, oh yeah, I just allowed, I'm allowing this to happen, you know? The, mm-hmm. So the shame and the, oh yeah, it, you, you tend to shy away from your friends and in church and things like that. And then you don't have the support because people don't know <laughs> what you're going through. Yeah. And you know, one thing that sort of keeps coming back now is that it happened, you know, you met your first a father of your child at yeah. church and yeah. there's there was no support from the church and then I you know it's sort of make me cringe to think that you know this happens at the church sometimes churches the people there are hurt people so yeah. hurt people hurt people we have full of those people but because of that I think a lot of people are judgmental 
Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. And it's a shame, you know, people think that and judge that, but we're only human and, you know, we, we can only forgive. (laughs) That's the only thing we can do. And God asks us to, to forgive. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that you and I are not too, you know, bitter about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, to this day, I can say honestly that the men that I was with, um, God's healed me so much over the years that I, I harbor no bitterness. I mean, I'm just, I'm not bitter. I don't, I don't, I don't have any feelings towards them whatsoever. It's almost completely numb. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I almost, I don't want to say I don't feel bad for them. There's a, there is a small yeah. amount of, um, because I would hope that they've changed their ways and they've, you know, God's really worked on in their hearts and everything, I guess. Um, you know, <laughs> it's freeing, it's freeing to not feel that way that yeah. you can go life and, and be like, you know, I'm, I'm not a slave to, to that. You know, the other day I, w- I talked to someone, you know, interviewed and then we talked about the forgiveness, you know, the Bible says, Jesus said, how many times do you forgive? You forgive seven times or no, it's seven times, 70 times. And so we tend to take that and say, oh, I'm supposed to stay with them you know, right. because we're supposed to forgive them. But right. that's not the case. You know, you can still forgive and you can still move on and not mm-hmm. be attached to those unhealthy, toxic relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, and it definitely helps to learn to, I mean, awareness, awareness oh, yeah. of what, what to look out for, I guess. I mean, being aware and you can be close to the Lord and staying close to the Lord and still bad situation. And yeah. Um. <laughs> I like what you said. The Holy Spirit spoke to you, said, mm-hmm. no, you shouldn't be doing this. And yet right. you ignored or you just didn't have enough strength to yeah. say no. You know, that's just human nature. So hopefully the, the listeners who are listening to the story, don't kick yourself. Don't blame yourself. You know, it happens. It happens. Many of us do that. You know, Holy Spirit talks to us and then you say, oh, no, God, I want this. I want yeah. this man. Or, you know, at the heat of the moment, you know, you go into a situation where you're not supposed to, or it's a human nature. Yeah. But from, from that moment on, what do you do? You come, come back to the Lord and the Lord will make the way. I keep seeing that, you know, he makes the way to get out or do whatever. One of the things my ex used to say was um, he became a drug addict's counselor. You know, he was teaching like 12 steps and things. And when he was taking that class, the teacher or the instructor was recovered um, abuser. Um, he put knife to his wife's throat and almost killed her. Yet he turned around 180 degrees and he, he was aware of his temper. He became advocate for those people, you know, try to go against violence. Right. Um, so he used to bring that up to me. Oh, I can change. Oh, you know, there are people who can change. And I was hanging on to that hope, right. you know, and I know there are people who could actually change and God can do miracles and, you know, God right. can change those people, but you don't have to be there. To no, see exactly. No, that's, that's the thing, you know, being okay with it's scary. It, it's always scary to take a step forward on anything you do. Mm-hmm. And 
And if it's start, whether it's starting something or it's, you know, this relationship is toxic and it's time to end it. It's scary because you don't know what you have to look forward to on the other side. Don't, don't make that move. You you freeze in fear and fear is just such a powerful, evil, evil thing to like, you know, in the sense um, to hold on to. And yeah. if you can just somehow, you know, yeah. it's just that first step. It's scary. Yeah. What did you wish you had? You know, you mentioned support from the church, yeah. but what else did you wish to have at, at that time? Honestly, I did not. I knew there were people that suspected things that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were afraid to approach yeah. me on it because they didn't a know for sure or understand, or they didn't know what to look out for. And that's mm-hmm. probably the main thing. People didn't know what to look out for. The awareness just, it's it just wasn't there. You know, mm-hmm. people just didn't understand that. And so they don't really know, I guess they, they try to, you know, I'll pet you on the back, you know, I'll give you a little bit of money to help you out with your, your kid or something like that. And I don't want to be involved in that or, yeah. I don't, you know, here you're making your own choices and I, I can't force you to make different choices. So I'm just going to leave that alone. You know, I really do honestly wish that somebody would have had the courage to say, this is, I see that this is what is going on. And rather than to, to point a judgmental finger at me, maybe mm-hmm. say, you know, maybe ask me questions. <laughs> if, if anybody would have just taken the time to, to really sit down and ask me questions and maybe um, spread, you know, I wasn't even re- truly aware, I guess, realized I was in a domestic violence situation, if you could believe that. I mean, well, even though, yeah. you know, <laughs> Does ha- I mean, it does happen. I didn't know. I, I thought, you know, because I'm originally from Japan, right? So culturally, you know, male being in a dominant figure, it wasn't, it was not unusual. That doesn't mean that they are abusive, but it, it was like my dad was the authority figure in my family. That's how I grew up, he, even though he didn't, you know, uh, punch people around, you know, right. it was just the way how I was raised. So it didn't, I didn't question his authority, authority, air quote, yeah. you know, but it was a skewed thinking because, you know, as a Christian, sometimes we take that verse of, wives submit to your husband sort of it's like okay well i have to be you know a punching bag no that's not the case you know and yeah i totally understand and i also understand the the fear of other people though you know they probably don't want to get involved i was afraid that if i talk to my friend is he going to go after them i was really afraid of that too yeah. Yeah. I think for me, my fear was what would happen to my, my children. Uh, yeah. You know, my, my ex, the father of my youngest two had threatened mm-hmm. to kidnap my kids and, and he threatened to take my children away from me and his uncle worked for CPS. So he had that leverage oh, on God. me and I was terrified. Like he's going to lie. He's such a good liar. I mean, I've never in my life met somebody so good at lying. And oh. he was very, like I said, very charming. So I, so for my kids, you know, I didn't say anything to anybody because I, you know, my fear was that my child would be taken away from me. Yeah. So what are you doing to, you know, better yourself now? You are in totally out of bad situation. Now you're in a good situation, good, healthy marriage and everything is going well, right? Yes. Um, I am, I have so much joy in my life now. I mean, I have 
the Lord has just worked in my heart and in my mind so much that I am beyond, I'm confident with myself, self-esteem issues. I'm, I'm good now. I'm, I'm okay with who I am. I don't feel like I have to apologize to anybody for who I am. Um, you know, I, I have a past and I feel like I'm okay with sharing that because I have such, I have a heart for other people that they don't know, they're not aware and they go into situations like, or they find themselves in situations like this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I want so much to spread that. And, you know, and the other things that I've gone through in my life, you know, which is I, I blog and I'm still kind of finding my feet with that. I feel like a spiritual cheerleader, I guess, in mm-hmm. a sense. And, and then I throw in some of my personal experiences in some of my blogs. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, I continue on each day, um, just staying close to the Lord and, you know, being okay with who I am and, and, and I'm okay with setting boundaries. I'm okay with saying no. Um, yeah. If you had a wish, what type of person or what would you say to those people who want to help those people? How, how can they interact with us, those people who are being abused? Um, honestly, I, you know, I know that it's hard sometimes for them to maybe get those people away from the abuser because if they are in a, the abusive situation, they may not be able to be alone right. very much. So, I mean, I w- was going to say, you know, spending time with that person and loving on them and trying to open up, being open for them to, to be able to um, feel comfortable to speak to them, you know, like feeling like they're safe, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and if they don't have a lot of time, just any time that, you know, a person is interacting with a person who's in an abusive situation, bring it into the light. Don't, it's so, it, don't be afraid to say something. Don't be afraid to say that you notice it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, that is so true. And a lot of times those people who are being abused, they put a face, you know, you know, I think, think I feel like God has said to me, say, you need to share this story. You need to spread awareness. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for someone like you who's continued to share with, because not, we don't have enough people to do that. I was thinking when I started this podcast, I was thinking people will come out of woodwork to, to want to share the story. I was having a hard time finding people. I had to like reach out and say, would you please share? I'm really grateful that people are coming, but we need people to think that they're not alone. You know, right. they're, they're not suffering alone. There are a lot of resources and you are in um, South Carolina, you said? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are people in South Carolina, there are people in California, Colorado, everywhere, you know, internationally too. So there are a lot of resources that they can go to and they can get help. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, if I can even help just one person, you know, I, I do sometimes feel like other, there's other women that have had it worse than me. Um, I'm a sassy girl and (laughs) I, I fight back, you know? And so I'm like, well, I didn't go down not fighting or anything like that, but I I do want every woman out there to know that there, there are people that you can go to that will understand, you know, I know it's hard to talk to somebody that's never been through it, you know, because you feel like, well, you've never been through it. How would you possibly understand 
mm-hmm. how could you help me? How could you understand? You know? Um, so right, to know yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there are people who have not gone through it and yet still be able to help. You know, there are a lot of resources and counselors and therapists, and you know, there. And um, if you go to a, a domestic violence shelter, I went to a domestic violence shelter, and there are tons of resources. You know, like yeah. you said, I had to. I took all the counseling, all the t- classes and the trainings yeah. that was available because I, I wanted to better myself. I wanted to be a better person and I wanted to protect my child. So, yeah. I, you know, there are people who are willing to help and just take advantage of that. And, yeah. you know, after that, you, you can continue to grow in, yeah. in God and, you know, seek God for um, help. There's always hope. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. And there is there anything else that you want to share? I, I think we've covered a lot. I, yeah, I, do, I do plan to um, write a book. I am currently writing a book. I want to get out there. And I know it's it's so like to put every detail out there, it would just take forever. And, you yeah. know, and I tell people my story and I feel like I always have to explain the backstory in order to understand the you know, the yeah. current. So yeah, so I am currently writing a book. So oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. yeah, I think it, it will help a lot of people by doing that. I Absolutely. so appreciate it. What is fun for you? What, what are you doing for fun? Um, well, um, I love road trips. So my husband and my son and I, we find every excuse to go on a road trip. Oh, nice. Even if it's just to go visit family a state away. Yeah. And so um we laugh a lot. We just we laugh. Yeah. I love to to laugh and crack jokes and yeah. make my husband laugh and <laughs> Oh cool. Road trips and yeah. um uh and then making I like to I love to make things. I'm a DIY person all the way. Oh really? Oh cool. <laughs> I've currently um been repurposing wine bottles mm-hmm. and um it's kind of cool because I think of it as renewed, repurposed. Like mm-hmm. you were once this way and now you're this way. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. make them as beautiful as I can and each one has a story. Um it goes with each of my blog posts. So mm-hmm. it has a theme. And um and stone coasters, I have those up in my store and I'm going to add I have all these ideas up here eventually. Oh, that's more. so cool. Thank you. <laughs> well, make sure you give me the links so I can link all that stuff in the show notes. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. And where can people find you if they wanted um, to get in touch with you? Sure. And I'll send you the link as mm-hmm. well. But um, I do write a blog on the Kingdom Wins, uh, Kingdom Wins website. Um, and it's called anchored in a trove anchored in Christ in a store of beautiful things. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's currently uh, the only place that I'm, I'm blogging at right now. Awesome. You know, I think it's a good thing that you focus on one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't spread yourself yeah. self thing. Otherwise I get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, I joined Twitter and I'm, I'm currently trying to figure that out, but I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And then, um, now I'm on Twitter as well. Well, good. That sounds good. I'll, I'll be in touch, especially in the group. And so I'm so glad you joined the group and being supportive. Thank you so much taking the time to talk about your story. And absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening and being part of this community. 
If this show intrigues you in any way, please subscribe and share with others. Also, please come and join the Rise Up Woman Movement Group on Facebook, and you can connect with me personally on Facebook, Mickey Sturgis, and Instagram at Rise Up Woman Movement or at Mickey Sturgis. Thank you again for tuning in. Remember, you're not alone in this journey. You are uniquely and wonderfully made by the God of Universe. There's only one of you in the whole wide world, and you are worth it. See you next time.